Faith-wise, you could have the start of the best year you could ever have. Finance-wise, I understand we had the best week we've had since November, so that seems like good news to me. But yeah, if not a bad start. Not a bad start. The uh, bad news is David Horowitz has released a new book. Welcome to the Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs podcast, where we inspire you to manage your money, find your soul, and cover your ears. Join host Hartley Wright, a certified spiritual director, and Kevin Bartolacci, director of research and education at Sunvold Financial Investment Advisory Firm. Together, they hope to help you discover the benefits of enriching your life as they entertain one another, and hopefully you too. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully, we do entertain you. I don't know. We're going to do our best to see what we can do today. We got our butts kicked in bowling last night, but we remain in first place. So, no harm, no foul. Foul would be a baseball term and maybe something we could have as a part of this con- uh, podcast, in which I do fear we're going to not be able to avoid talking a little bit about sports. Um, we'll talk about uh, economics, Congress talk about um whatever comes up hope everyone is doing well and uh, we are certainly glad to have you as one of our three faithful listeners david horowitz is an american conservative writer he founded the organization students of america students for academic freedom not sure what years that was but he was the founder of that he is a founder and president of his own right-wing organization called the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Uh, He also edits his own uh, website, uh, Front Page Magazine. Um, He's also the director of Discover the Networks, which is a website that tracks individuals and groups on the political left. Uh, He's authored several books for like 20 years. He was an outspoken adherent to the new left, but then he rejected progressive ideas and became a defender of neoconservatism. How would he compare to someone like George Will? Similar? I don't know. I don't. I don't think I've read any George Will. Okay. I, I don't want this show to at any point become political, and I've got to be careful about talking no, about anything political. God I don't want to offend sake. any listeners who come from a side of the spectrum in which this new book by David Horowitz would be one that they're actually excited about. Politically speaking, politically he's on the spe- conservative politically side of the speaking, he's on the conservative side of the spectrum. Right. David Horowitz has written a new book called The Final ba- Battle. The next election could be the last, talking about America. That our next election could be the last. That's the title of the book. This is a quote. Democrats have conducted a sustained assault on the spirit of compromise that binds the union together and set the nation on the path to a one-party state. He's really pushing that. The Democrats are threatening to go to a one-party state and will stop at nothing to get there and compromise values and everything else. So that's very interesting given what just happened with the speaker of the house. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's what I thought. Huh? So he says democracy as we know it is being obliterated at the hands of Democrats who pose a deadly threat to our freedom. And he wrote this about what, 10 years ago or so? No, he just, it's brand new. Just came out. It just came out. Um, he is a New York Times best-selling author. That's why this has hit the press. Ah. In this thing, he's revealed for the first time the horrifying plan 
to turn America into a socialist na- nation. Oh, well, okay. That socialist tag's been yeah. out there for a while. Yeah. And what he's discovered will, quote, rock you to the core. I'm sure it will. For the small price of twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, well, it's probably more than that. Okay. Hardback cover. <laughs> Got you. We're on the pre- precipice of another civil war, he says. That I don't doubt. He talks about the, the Democrats challenging the vote. He makes a strong case for that being treason. He throws in facts about some of the protesters on January 6th of two years ago. Sure. Um, so even states that there were a high number of government informants that were there that day and part of the crowd, part of the protesters. He mentions things like Biden's Department of Education bribed schools to continue to push anti-American curriculum, CRT, racism, and the 1619 Project. So these are these are just a few things pulled from certain pages of the book. Uh, I don't even want to mention things he said about Jimmy Carter, hmm. James Baker. So now would be the appropriate time for me to say I want to be careful what I say here because I do have some friends that are in a very deep relational part of my life that are more conservative than I am. I was raised on that. I was raised far on that conservative right and taught and educated the uh, faith background that I came up with. It was it was a popular. It, it was the stance to be in the more conservative side and, and not on the other side. But as I've grown and matured and aged and as I've come across things and dealt with things. Uh, I'm just just no longer way out on that extreme. So things like this catch my attention. Sure. Well, they're supposed to. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Because nothing in the middle sells. Right. It has to be extreme fringe now. I won't say I'm in the middle. I'll just say I'm not over on the right. I guess I'm not all the way over on the extreme left. You could be called a moderate or a centrist and not associate with either party. Centrist, I'm less familiar with centrist. I might have made it up. Oh, is that right? No, I'm, I've read it somewhere. Yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to entertain the viewers. <laughs> Somebody sure somewhere is going, I knew he made that up. I'm sure something I've said already has probably entertained well, I'm sure you're right. the listeners at this point. Are we up to f- four? Uh, yeah, we, might still- be, we might be up right. to four. And let's, let's, yeah, let's just move on. Sounds good. Check out the um, book if you want. David Horowitz, New York Times bestseller. Final battle. The next election. Could be the last. Could be the last. Are you having dinner with Olivia tonight? Or I am. going to the movies? I couldn't remember what you said. Well, I told her in the last text before I came here for the, uh, the studio record this that uh, I'd be willing to do something more than just dinner because yeah. these book clubs tend to take, you know, 9, 9.30 before they break up. And no need for me to go home and hide in the basement because there's no baseball on. Right. Yeah, what would you do down there? Maybe check out David Horowitz's book. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wouldn't go that far. How do you, he's the he's a number. He's a New York Times bestseller. Is he about ninety? Maybe uh, maybe he means this he next be. election will be his last election because he's going to die. David Horowitz is eighty four years old, I believe. Well, that ought to sell to a certain audience. Oh, it will sell yep. to a certain audience. Yep. So if you're listening and you want to check out that book, I don't know if we'll have a link in the show no- notes, but I'll have the information about it in the show notes. You can check that out. We're actually sent when I say things like that, it sounds like we are a legitimate podcast. I read your notes uh, for the first time like a week ago. I was like, yeah. oh my God, that's even more work he's doing that I'm not participating yeah, yeah, that's in. That's fine. That's, that's fine. No, it's not yeah, I was impressed. That's our producer. Our producer is doing Our producer. That. Yeah. Kind of like the investigative yeah. unit on the that's rewards right. program. That's right. That's what's making us legit. We have a producer <laughs> who produces us and it gives me the signal. In fact, the I'm getting the signal from the producer now to move on. I Stop see that. talking. Yeah. Stop talking. And, oh, you mentioned Olivia, so let's transition. Yeah. Yeah, we're having dinner somewhere, wherever she tells me she wants to go, and I might even go shopping with her, because that's the kind of uh, 21st century, 22nd century? No, we're still in the 21st. What are we? We're still in the 
21st. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 2023. Yeah. Okay. That's the kind of 21st century male that I am. Maybe I'm cisgender. Uh, let's not get into <laughs> right. gender. Good, we'll, save, we'll save gender discussion for another. <laughs> All right. So, yes, I'm having dinner with Olivia. We might go shopping. We might not. I don't know. We'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. I'm fluid. Yeah. F-bomb. Fluid. Fluid. This guy. There's probably some restaurants she doesn't know about that weren't here. When yeah, I'm gonna let her pick because. But the same old theaters that hasn't changed. We're not going to a movie, I don't think. Yeah, although maybe she'll surprise yeah. me. Hey, what do you think of the uh, electoral college? Because some people could say we could uh, we could get rid of that now because we don't need it for how it, it's no longer serving yeah. the no longer serving the purpose of which it had original intent. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating debate. I've listened to both sides. I, I don't even know the process by which. I don't know how we would go about we legislate that, but right. I mean, we, we've had some weird things where the popular vote in a number of elections has not carried the electoral college. You talked about the civil war from Horowitz's book. We do have somewhat of a civil war, I think. And this became obvious to me in 12, 16, 20 election. When you look at the map and they always throw it up as red and blue states, right? For those of you that don't know, we are in Missouri, the heartland of the United States. You look around, it is all what color? Red. Right. Everything in the middle of the United States is red. If, yeah. we, if we did not have the Electoral College, would our legislative agenda be dominated by the coastal states? I don't know. I can't predict what hasn't happened. But it does seem to keep a little bit of a balance. And I have in-laws that live in California. We made some news a while back with things like Ferguson, who passed the elected Governor Eric Greitens, and made some national headlines, yeah. and they would say... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they'd be like, what's wrong with your state? We have problems. I mean, I admit it. But I realized what part of the ethos is yeah. when you live in the heartland and you're referred to as flyover country. Right. That's a little insulting. So I kind of get what some of the anger is for people that live here against people on the east and west coast. I, I finally understood what some of the underlying current was for the voters here in the Midwest, upper Midwest, we're here. Quit ignoring us. Right. It's just important that we consider the entire United States and not the two gigantic population centers, or four now with Texas and right. Florida. I think that's where the Electoral College right. might come in handy because you're going to have to go, if you're a candidate and you're from the East Coast or the West Coast, you're going to have to come to Iowa you're going to have to visit Missouri, Kansas, Dakotas, the Wyomings, the Utahs, Idaho, Montana. I mean, you have to because of the Electoral College. Yeah. If it was just popular vote, you'd blow them off. You'd be like, that's a good point. I, I could lose the entire state of Wyoming and I wouldn't care because I'm going to carry California and they have more people. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks. That's what we're here for. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, let me ask you another question. Uh oh. How much do you think I can bench press right now? <laughs> One of my favorite all time lines. Thank you for throwing that in. You bet. My pleasure. I do miss Fred Willard. <laughs> he was something else. He, he was, was great. Good. Do you have two left feet? <laughs> so, this new Secure 2.0 legislation was signed into law on December 29th, 2022. Two, I think there was 800 and some odd pages. I found a really good summary from the National Association of Plan Advisors. They put it together for me. And they did it in order in which the things become enacted. I found out a new acronym, DOE, Date of Enactment. So some provisions that start in 2023, which we are in now. So these might be interesting. 
Required minimum distribution date increases to age 73. For any of you who are already 72 or getting close to it, that will impact you. You mean physically, right? Like if I'm mentally 72, we don't. Yeah, I do mean yeah. your date of birth. Okay. Yeah. You got some tax credits if you're a small employer, a new tax credits for you putting in a retirement plan for your folks. See, that's a Midwestern phrase right there. Folks. folks. Yeah. At um, least you didn't say Ewans. And I didn't say y'all. This charitable distribution out of your IRAs and 401ks is very fascinating. There's some some new calculations on that. If you're into that type of giving, uh, another provision I found interesting, SEPs, which are simplified employee pensions and simple IRAs are now going to be allowed to add a Roth option. That was always kind of a downside to right. suggesting those as plans for our clients because if they want to do Roth, they couldn't right. with those. Now you can. That's in 2023. Something to look forward to in 2024. If you have leftover money in a 529 account, you'll be permitted to roll it over to a Roth. Really? Uh, one other thing that's kind of important for folks, because we run into this all the time in our, our lives as financial advisors, many people have terminated and gone to somewhere else, and they'll say, yeah, I worked there, and I got an old 401k there, and I got right. one there, and I got one there. Actually, I don't get statements on one anymore because that company went out of business. I don't blah, blah, blah. In 2024, there will be a requirement by the Department of Labor to establish an online searchable database where you can look up any of your old 401ks that are out there. Mm. So you should be able to track them. That's good. Uh, for years, when we talked to people about Roth 401ks, one of the big comments and questions I would get was, hey, I think I read online that I have to take RMDs out of my Roth 401k. Why would I have to do that when I don't have to take them out of my Roth IRA? That's a great and question. It was a great question. I said, yeah, that is a great question. I understand what you're asking and why you're asking it. But what I can say to you is I am sure that Congress is going to correct this eventually because Roth 401ks are still new enough. No one has reached the age of 72 since their implementation. Well, at that time, it was 70 and a half where they have to take it out of their Roth 401k. Sure enough, this takes care of that. Starting in 2024, you will no longer have to take an RMD out of your Roth 401k or any other Roth employer-sponsored, 403B, 457, et cetera. Right, that's great. So I was like, they finally got it done. Yeah. That's what's happening so in finance in early part of 2023. Standing ovation, thank you. Thank you, people. Are they applauding you or Congress? Me, of course, because I'm the one delivering the news. It's yes, always the right. messenger. That's right, the messenger. I know that things of faith are quite mysterious, and I've mentioned I don't know how to explain that anymore. There are metaphors like the birth of a child. We, we understand the process of a woman going through labor and a child growing in an embryo and birth happening. We can understand the process of a caterpillar going into a cocoon coming out as a butterfly. I think those metaphors place the process of spiritual transformation squarely in that category that we call mystery. I think we all have to be a little bit comfortable with mystery. It's outside the range of normal human activity and understanding that can only be understood in some divine way or through divine revelation. And so that's why I can't explain it. We can't transform ourselves, but we, we can create conditions in which spiritual transformation can take place. So that's what I mean by creating space for God. I think the easiest way to move from a, from a point of wherever you are now to take a step in the direction of growing in your faith, we need to be able to give ourselves over to a process that we cannot fully understand, nor can we predict the outcome. And so we have to do spiritual practices, I think is the easiest way 
Spiritual disciplines are what I consider concrete activities we engage in in order to make ourselves available in the work that only God can do. So this is what I mean by discipline and spiritual. It's just the creation of a boundary that keep time and space open for God. Solitude requires discipline. Worship requires discipline. Caring for others requires discipline. Because you can do all those things and still be distracted and you don't really Mm -hmm. have space and openness for God. So they all ask us to set apart a time and place where God's presence and his grace and everything that we know about him can be acknowledged and that we can respond to it. I'm going to say that your one first elementary step in discipline that you can take is to just enter into silence, to practice silence. And I do want to emphasize this is a very hard thing to do, but it's the easiest and simplest way to begin to make space for God. Don't try for a lot. Just start with like two to four, two to three minutes, maybe four of just silence. Where just a couple where seconds clear. beyond that uncomfortable Yeah, range. where you're clear of everything and you can just make space and see what it is that God, that you might feel God inviting you to or saying to you. I'm, I would work up to longer durations of time as you get used to it and accustomed and develop this practice. Find a place where you're quiet, where you can just clear your mind and be quiet beyond all possible distractions. You're, lo- you're going to do some deep listening while you're in the silence, trusting that this deep listening and in that silence, God can speak to you. Class dismissed. You've probably heard the term of getting shredded when someone's doing a weight training pro- program, working on their abs, and just kind of thinning down, becoming more schmelt. Smelt. Schmelt. Not svelt. Svelt. That's what I meant. <laughs> Svelte. Schmelt would be if I were metal. I was going to say, if you do some kind of metallurgy. <laughs> hey, man, I got real smelt at the gym. <laughs> yes, you do smelt. <laughs> yeah, I noticed right when you walked by. Yeah. There's that process through weights and training and physical training, and then there's also a, there's a dietary shred that I know more than one person. I, several people, and it's because it's the new year. You know how when new you, year, when new you, year, baby. New year, uh, Diet is always a, a thing that comes up this time of year. So I know several people who, because we're in January and they're going through this shredding process. And I thought, you know, for our podcast, a call to action we could have our listeners go to is just shred some excess spending in some way and do it in very small, miniature way. Just like you create space for God just a little bit of time with a little bit of silence. The same thing I would say to our listeners, if we were to say, let's shred some of our excess spending, just do it in a simple way. Don't have to look at your budget and cut it. Just think of something that you're about to, like for me, this would be easy because I could be somewhere and I could say, oh, let me just pick this up and I'm going to buy this, but I don't necessarily need it, want it, but say it's four or five bucks and then I'll decide, nope, not going to do it. Then I've just shredded. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a practical example that I will practice tonight. Wherever Olivia and I go, I assure you I'll drink water. Coke's going to be three, three and a half bucks. Uh, or four. Or an alcoholic beverage is going to be six to eight. Just a discipline I've developed over the years. That's a that's a discipline I do not desire. No, actually, it may be a discipline I desire, but it's a discipline I don't do. Next, well, Thursday night when we have dinner. Yeah. If I see you order a diet, whatever it is you No, drink, you can't do that. I'm not giving you license to do that, freedom to do I'm that. Just, I'm going to give you this look. Ready? I'm gonna tell you now, right now. If you if you give me if you give me that look, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't really say anything that needed to be censored. There. I'll say it if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding back. Yeah. Because I know that everyone expects me to be the one going off on a f bomb tirade. Yeah. I could probably I can think of two or three things right now I could bring up 
And you'd pop them out oh, yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. One of them would be one I've been just waiting to goad you about this whole session that I've been here. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Hey, how about that national championship game last night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how about that? It was over before I even <laughs> saw a minute of it. Uh, surely everyone knows by now, so we're not spoiling right. for anybody that recorded it. Final score, 65-7. to seven. Right. Georgia beat TCU. And it was 10 to 7 before it. No way. Yeah. 55 unanswered? 55 unanswered points. Oh. Right. Wow. Yeah. The largest so. the largest uh deficit of score deficit of a college football championship ever. Ever. Thank God we have 45. No. Thank God we have 68 bowl games every year so we can have that type of <laughs> Final product on the oh, national championship night. 68? I need to recount. I thought it was like 89. Yeah. Anyway, great product, NCAA. Thanks for that game. Yeah. So we've done a few of these now. I th- I'm, I'm thinking about um, bringing in some guests. Maybe we have a guest come on. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a great time. idea. We talked about that off air. Is that the right? Yeah. Off air is probably right. Okay. I, I kind of coined the term off cast, and I like off it. Off cast, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I we, we, we talk about it. right. Quite a few things off cast. Yeah, so uh, we just go ahead and declare that. that to the broadcasting world, to the podcast broadcasting world. Off-cast. Hartley Wright coined the term off cast. I like it. That's where it I was from. originally thinking cast is in the people who would act in your play, right. but now off cast podcast off cast. Now it's yeah. making more sense. To yeah. Me. Thanks for clarifying. You that. bet. You bet. I'm, I learned something today, something. people. <laughs> All right, so wrapping? we'll do it. Yeah, we're. Uh, yeah, we're wrapping. So, um, thank you for listening, everyone. Hope you hope you enjoyed it. Um, take time for silence. I'll invite you to do that. Take time to uh, shred a little bit of money or spend a little bit less this week. Well, write your congressman. congressman. Yeah. Write your congressman about reward points. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen, and tell a friend about us. Maybe we want more than three listeners. I just assume we're only going to have three. We want. We want. Uh, what's that growth pattern called? Sustainable growth. Sustainable growth. We don't want to go crazy early. And you know that whole write your congressman? Yeah. I'll bet you can email them. That's true. Email your congressman. Yeah. Save a stamp. About reward points. And, um, yeah, save a stamp. It's quicker to email. You're not going to get a response, I can tell you, from previous experience. <laughs> and if you do, you're going to get a response about nothing you wrote about. Roy Blunt, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, Roy Blunt. Oh. That's an F-bomb we can talk about at some point. He's retired now. Yeah, that's true. I never thought I'd say, boy, do I miss Roy Blunt. Right. Roy gets makes the cut. This podcast is for the purposes of education, information, and entertainment only, and is not a replacement for the professional services of a financial advisor, financial planner, spiritual clergy, spiritual counselor, or spiritual director. We suggest you seek out a trained professional for help with your financial and spiritual needs. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest of Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs are solely their current opinions based upon information they consider reliable, but do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations the host and guest may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions provided by the podcast host and guest are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.